Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This week, we're going to be doing just a voice episode and just me, no guests today. I'm going to be talking about how to assess traffic drops. There's been a lot of people interested in figuring out this topic since the Maycore update happened, and I will share a little bit about how to assess your traffic drop if you were hit by the Maycore update, but also some other things to look for, because traffic drops are not always because of Google updates. Uh, assessing traffic drops is something that I've been been doing since about 2012, and my team and I do this on a daily basis. So I have a fair amount of experience to share. I'm going to share some personal anecdotes as well. Uh, it has been a crazy month for us at MHC. Uh, I just finished my SMX advanced talk. If you missed it, SMX was free this year and virtual. You can still get my talk on improving EAT with a knowledge of semantic search uh, by registering on the SMX website. And I believe it's free until August of uh, this year. Um, I'll leave a, a, a link in the description so you can find that if you want to watch that talk. I had some really good feedback on it. So thank you for those of you who, uh, who responded and uh, told me that it was helpful for you. We also have a blog post coming out on our analysis of the May core update, which lots of people have been asking about. Um, and you know, I'll spoil it for you. It's mostly about Google finding sites that are relevant to the user's query. Uh, and so uh, I share a lot of details in this blog post. By the time you're listening to this podcast episode, that blog post should be live on our site at mariehaines.com. Um, on our last episode, so that was two weeks ago, I spoke with Lily Ray, and you can find that in podcast or also on uh, YouTube. And Lily and I talked in great detail about what we're seeing with the Maycore update so far. Uh, but really, what we're finding is in almost every case, Google is elevating content that is helpful to the searcher. And uh, uh, so in some cases, I think firsthand expertise might have been taken into account. I think Google got better at determining when a searcher is looking for information that comes from somebody who actually is known as an expert or is known as having knowledge in this area. Um, and, uh, you know, the other thing that we saw with the Maycore update was a lot of a affiliate sites that saw declines. Uh, a lot of these were sites that had pretty decent content, but often they were written by somebody who didn't have any external evidence of EAT. I saw a lot of sites where uh, people would say, yes, I've been doing construction for 10 years, but there was no name on the blog and no way for Google or for users to verify that you're not just saying that you've been in construction for 10 years, that other people see you as an expert, which is is something that uh, the quality rater guidelines talk about a lot is do other experts see you as an expert, which is why links are so important to EAT mentions in authoritative sites are important as well. Um, many of these affiliate sites that were hit did have link building done to them. And uh, I go into great detail in the blog post on the core update on this. I don't think that sites were penalized for link building. And I don't think that these sites are going to be able to disavow these links and recover the losses that they've seen. I think that what's happening as is as Google is getting better at understanding the semantics, uh, understanding the words on pages, understanding in more detail the user's query, and understanding which content actually is the most relevant to that query, they can put less emphasis on page rank as a ranking factor. And so I think a lot of these pages were propped up in the past by links. I'm talking about links from guest posts or even sometimes Harrow mentions, which I still think are good, but uh, getting a mention from a reporter, um, if it's a reporter on an authoritative site, I think that can really help. Uh, but in a lot of cases, these links were just there because people were link building. And if Google is putting less emphasis on page rank and more emphasis on understanding the content and its relevancy, then those sites that had built links are going to be seeing some declines. So if you were hit by the Maycore update, uh, I, again, there's lots of our advice for recovery in uh, the blog post that is on our site. 
Um, something to know is that you probably will not see recovery until Google runs another core update. I saw just uh, today as I'm recording, I saw a post on Twitter um, from somebody who was claiming that uh, a, a May core update recovery, uh, seeing um, a sudden increase in a site that had been hit. And I think this is more likely to be uh, actually just fluctuations with Google's algorithms. Some sites that were hit with the May core update saw a bit of a reversal uh, in the data following, and that was a little bit unusual. But really, if you were hit, then you probably need to wait until the next core update. I think that Google needs to, uh, when they look at pages semantically, I think that's something that they don't do on the fly. I think it's something that they have to gather a bunch of data, especially in regards to EAT, when they're trying to determine uh, your expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. Uh, there's a lot of data that needs to be gathered, and then a core update happens. And uh, you probably know this already, but we tend to see a few core updates over each year, uh, you know, usually three, maybe four in the year. So uh, if you are trying to recover, you need to be patient and, uh, and wait for the next core update to happen. Um, also, speaking of being mentioned in authoritative places, I was really honored to be uh, interviewed by a reporter, Charlie Warzel, from The Atlantic this week. He wrote a very interesting article on whether Google search was dying. A lot of people are saying that Google results are not as relevant or not as helpful as they once were, which is really ironic considering that that's Google's goal. And I think really, um, first of all, we're kind of in the infancy of Google trying to understand content and trying to uh, get better at understanding intent. Um, and so, yeah, they're not going to be completely perfect, but I believe that Google's done a really good job at uh, quelling misinformation, at making it so that carrots cure cancer types of sites are not uh, appearing at the top of the search results, although I have a little bit of issue with some of the ads that I see uh, for, um, for medical queries. I think there's some work to be done there, uh, but it was really cool to be mentioned in that article. I'll link to it in the show notes if you want to uh, take a read of it. Um, so let's talk about uh, algo updates as we often do. You know, I haven't done this for the last couple of episodes. There, there really uh, has been a lot of turbulence in the SERPs since the Maycore update. Now, uh, it's interesting because the tool that I use the most uh, to look at whether there's SERP turbulence is the SEMrush sensor. And uh, I thought I was going crazy this week because I tweeted that the SEMrush sensor was high. It's on a scale of 0 to 10, and it was 8.5, which I believe is around the same uh, level that it got to with the May core update. Uh, and so, you know, we were saying, oh boy, there's lots of spikes going on. And then the next day, uh, Trevor Stolber tweeted at me saying, well, I don't see that on the sensor. And I looked and there was no spike anymore. Uh, the level was at six. Uh, and so it turns out that SEMrush has actually made some changes to the sensor. I think that uh, every little tweak in Google's algorithms was ending up causing a big spike. And so now it's much better that you can see where it goes up high and into the red, that there's a lot of SERP turbulence. And we did see that uh, the sensor showed a bit of an increase on around June 16th. Now, our data looking at our current and past clients from MHC that allow us to stay on their analytics um, shows a, a number of clients that saw some increases and a few with decreases as well uh, around June 13th to 15th. I, you know, but that was Father's Day around that time. Uh, it was also a holiday in the United States. Um, and so there was a lot going on. So, uh, you know, I uh, have not analyzed that as a possible update. If you were affected at this time, then feel free to tweet at me, Marie underscore Haynes, and uh, it would be uh, interesting to see. But it's possible Google changed something, but uh, I don't think this was a significant update that we need to be analyzing. So, Going back to the May core update, a lot of people are trying to assess why their traffic dropped. And if your traffic dropped on May 25th, or maybe a day or two after, and, and continued to decline, there's a really good chance that your drop is due to whatever Google changed with the May core update. And I say really good chance because 
it's not 100%. And we see it all the time that people are unlucky enough to make major changes to their website the day before or the day of a significant Google update. And that can often be the cause for a drop in traffic. So what I'm going to do in this episode is share some of the most common reasons for uh, traffic to drop and some of the things that you can do to diagnose your traffic drop, or if you are an SEO, your client's traffic drop, and uh, help figure out what you need to do. Um, if it is due to the update, if you your traffic dropped on May 25th, now we do have some sites where the traffic change started in the middle of the update. Uh, the update finished on June 9th, but the vast majority of sites that were affected, really it was May 25th that saw the drop. If you did see that drop, then I would really encourage you to listen to the last episode we did two weeks ago, and that was with Lily Ray where we talked about the reasons uh, for this type of drop, or at least what we thought were reasons for sites to not do well and reasons for sites uh, to improve with, uh, with this update. And then you're probably going to want to listen to our next episode, which is two weeks from now, um, where I'm going to have a very special guest. One of my team, Alec Brownscombe, is going to come and talk to me about our new traffic drop assessments. I'm going to go into uh, a bit more detail, well, a lot more detail in the next episode on this. Um, we realized that at MHC, we are very, very good at a couple of things. I mean, we've always been good at assessing link quality. And for years, my uh, main work was in doing Google penalties, unnatural link penalties. We still get some of those, but not nearly as many as, as we used to many years ago. The next thing that we're good at is improving EAT. We've been understanding EAT as it was described first in the quality raters guidelines since 2017 and have helped a lot of sites do really, really well by improving their EAT. And improving EAT is still something that you should be working on. We have all sorts of resources on that I've spoken all over the place on improving EAT. The third thing that we're good at is helping sites improve quality. Um, and so what we do is look at pretty much everything we can get from what Google says, whether it's in a help hangout, whether it's an official statement, uh, or you know just something that we found in a forum post where a Googler has, uh, has commented. We're constantly looking for hints for things where we can say, ah, Google values this in a page, and so that's what we should be improving. And so again, we've helped a lot of clients with that uh, type of thing, improving quality. But something that we've noticed is that not all of these sites are recovering. Um, you can see improvements with EAT improvements and with quality improvements, but often with core updates, there's something else that's changed. If Google has under changed their understanding of intent or their understanding of what's relevant to the searcher's query, then you can have a very high quality site but your content is still not going to rank for those queries. And so for the last couple of years, actually, we've been working on how do we assess this? How do we look at which parts of a client's site um, are affected? And how do we figure out what can we change? And so I'm very, very excited to talk to Alec about that next episode. Um, let's see here. So, so first of all, looking at traffic declines, how do you know that your traffic has declined? I mean, sometimes it's super obvious if you uh, perhaps track keywords on a, a keyword tracking tool and you see that all of them are down, you know, that's probably a sign that your traffic has dropped, that something is going on with your Google rankings. If your Google Analytics shows a big decline in organic traffic coming from Google, then that's probably a traffic drop. And potentially, if your phone has stopped ringing, if leads stop coming in, if you're not selling as much product as you used to, you know, there's a good possibility that that's due to a traffic drop. But I want to say that a lot of the time when people think their traffic is dropping, it's not. Not all things that look like losses are actually losses. So one thing to know, which I think most of you know this, but just in case you're new at looking at Google Analytics, traffic will fluctuate. And so if you look at, say, just a week's traffic, say the May core update happened and it's a week later and you look at your traffic and you see, oh my goodness, my traffic has been down since May 25th. Well, 
traffic goes in an up and down uh, sort of curve. And, and for most sites, it's not a steady level of traffic. And so you really need to wait for some time in a lot of cases to see if the traffic is going to stay at a new lower level. Um, the other thing to consider is whether uh, there was something going on in the world. Was it a holiday weekend? Again, the May Corps update was around the time of a long weekend in the U.S. Uh, and also in Canada uh, the week before, I believe. Um, and so uh, if your traffic dropped, then it may just be that people were out doing stuff for the long weekend. Uh, sometimes, depending on what type of holiday it is, the search results can change as well, not necessarily because of a Google update, uh, but just because Google's algorithms can determine uh, that when people are searching for fireworks around uh, early July, they're probably looking to buy them, as opposed to maybe if they're searching in December, they might want to be looking for pictures. Uh, and so there can be different intents that change, not because of a Google update, uh, but just because of what's uh, the, the season is. And speaking of season, uh, we have a lot of sites that have seasonal traffic. And so it can be very, very helpful to look at year over year traffic. You can go do that in Google Analytics where you can set the date range and compare it to the previous year and see, you know, maybe this is a business where uh, in the summertime, they always get an increase in business and then it declines in the fall. We have a lot of clients like that. And so when you see that decline in the fall, it can be scary to look at as an SEO, uh, but it's just normal. There are fewer people searching for those terms. Now, looking at year-over-year -year traffic has become a little bit difficult because the last two years have been uh, kind of messed up <laughs> in terms of what's going on in the world. If you saw a traffic drop in your analytics in March of 2020, you're one of millions of sites that saw that same traffic drop. And it was not a core algorithm update. It probably wasn't an update at all, um, but rather the world just changed at that time. In, in March of 2020 was when uh, the United States stopped um, receiving air traffic from other countries, uh, maybe even all traffic, I can't remember now, but um, a lot of things changed. I remember where I was when I heard that the NBA had shut down and that was unheard of. And think of what we've gone through in the last two years since then. Um, another world event that I think had a big impact on many sites, although we don't really talk about it, is when Russia invaded Ukraine, February 24th of this year. Uh, I wondered if there was an unnamed algorithm update at that time. And it's possible. Google's documentation on how they fight misinformation says that, uh, or disinformation, pardon me, is uh, says that in times of crisis, they may increase uh, the what's required in terms of EAT to rank for YMYL, your money or your life queries. And so it would not surprise me if uh, there was a significant algorithm update on February 24th, because a lot of uh, websites saw big changes at that time. But it may also just be that the world was in distress. And, um, you know, a lot of people's search habits changed and uh, a lot of things changed at that time. So, um, you know, major drops in analytics are not always because something's wrong with your website or because Google has found something wrong with your website. It can be because search patterns have changed. So um, one thing that you can do if you're looking at particular keywords that have changed and you've seen keywords drop rankings. Uh, this is another thing I see commonly is you'll look at your keywords and say, oh man, I used to be number one for this keyword and now I'm number two. I must have been hit by the update. And when we look at the historical rankings for those keywords, maybe you just always fluctuate between one and two. And so that's not likely to be a Google update problem. That's just search changing. Uh, I really like using, uh, if I don't have historical data, uh, I really like using Ahrefs for uh, their keyword explorer. You can now you have to be a paid member of the tool to, to do this, but you can look up a keyword and they will show you for the last two years who has ranked in what position. There's a really nice line chart. And what I like to do is deselect all of the, the, uh, the URLs that they're showing and show just my client. And I can see what I'm looking for when I'm trying to assess a drop that maybe is due to an algorithm change 
is a, a keyword that has maintained a decent ranking and then sees a decline following a, an update or a suspected update. And so it's important when you're looking at keywords that you're not just spot checking here and there uh, and saying, oh, this keyword changed, so therefore I was hit. Uh, you're really trying to find um, evidence that you were doing well for a long time and then saw some declines. SEMrush does this as well. You can, I believe it's only certain plans that uh, you can look at historical data on SEMrush, although it tends to be just month to month. Uh, Ahrefs gives a little bit better job at uh, showing every few days, maybe every couple weeks for some keywords uh, where the changes happened. But with SEMrush, you can look at the search results and we often will show clients screenshots, uh, screenshots saying, all right, well, you know, a month ago, you the search results looked like this and now we can see that these competitors overtook you and, and, and show the, the new search results. So that can be really, really helpful. Um, if you did see loses, losses that you think are due to a Google update, another thing you can do is check our algo update list. I started this over 10 years ago just to keep track of Panda and Penguin updates. And then I started adding in dates where it felt like there was a Google update or maybe the community was talking about an update happening, uh, but Google didn't announce anything. And uh, and so you can find that at mariehaines.com slash algo, A-L-G-O. And uh, we try to keep that updated as often as we can. I think we, uh, oh, actually I need to do that. Sometimes in our algo list, we can can kind of look at why this happened. You know, we may say, oh, lots of sites reported losing featured snippets, or uh, it was all alternative medical sites that saw drops. Um, and you can maybe get some clues there. But lately, when we see a Google update, uh, it's rare that we can say, oh, this update was about this specific thing. Usually, uh, we have to take a kitchen sink approach to um, fixing as many things as we can uh, when trying to recover these sites. Uh, so it's rare that we find a smoking gun that we can say, ah, yeah, that's that's why a site dropped. Uh, one thing that you can do as well, if you're not sure whether it was Google or whether it was world events or, um, you know, seasonality, is look at your Bing and Yahoo traffic and traffic from other search engines, even direct traffic as well, uh, to see if it's dropped as well. So when we interview at MHC, there's a question that we always include, and it's a screenshot from a past client of mine who has a, a very obvious drop of about 40% of their traffic in Google, also in Bing, and also in Yahoo. And so I show these three drops and I ask the interview uh, applicant, is this likely to be due to a Google update? Now, to me, it's super obvious that if traffic has dropped in all three search engines, then, you know, it probably wasn't a Google change. Uh, but it's amazing how many people could not grasp that. And I had all sorts of people tell me, uh, you know, just kind of make stuff up in interviews. Here's a tip. If you're doing an SEO interview, don't BS your way through the interview. Uh, I think I'm fine with people who maybe are lacking knowledge as long as they are willing to learn. But I think it's very dangerous in SEO when people make stuff up just to fit the narrative. So uh, that was a little uh, rabbit trail there. Um, but yeah, so if your tra traffic is down across all search engines, then, uh, you know, maybe there was something else that happened. Um, that particular client, uh, what happened was they uh, had stripped out all of their internal links. I'll tell you in a second how, uh, how we found that, um, because that's something that... Uh, could be very, very uh, devastating for, for your website. So some of the dates um, to, to be concerned about, we've had a few core updates. We've obviously just had one in May, uh, November, uh, November 27th, I believe there was uh, a core update and there was a core update in, uh, sorry, November 17th and then also June 2nd last year. And then we had product reviews updates in uh, March of this year, December last year, April last year. If your site was hit on those specific days where Google launched a product reviews update and you have content that uh, is uh, about products, then you uh, really should be paying attention to Google's documentation on 
what they want to see on these pages. We had a couple of spam updates last year, uh, November 8th of 2021, July 26th, which was specific to link spam, and then June 23rd and 28th. Now, the spam updates, we don't get many people asking for help with spam updates. And part of that may be because sites that are spam sites or that have used spammy techniques to rank um, are often not authoritative websites that people want to pour lots of money in to have us consult on. Um, but I, I do think there's something to the July 26th link spam update. They mention in their post, uh, Google does, on this update that um, guest posting for links is something that could be assessed at this time. So if you saw a drop um, in relation to the spam update, you really should pay attention to Google's documentation there. The other update that we get asked about a lot are the two page experience updates. These are the core web vital updates. We had uh, the initial rollout was just on mobile and that was June 15th, 2021. And, uh, and then in February, February 22nd of 2022, uh, the core page experience update rolled out to desktop as well. Now, a lot of sites came to us saying that they'd seen a drop. And if you recall, I said that we saw a lot of sites that saw declines and, and some with increases in traffic on February 24th when, uh, when the war situation happened. And uh, I do believe that uh, there was an algorithm update at that time. And most of the sites that we analyzed, uh, we did not think that it was page experience or a slow page load time or you know any of the uh, things that are measured like cumulative layout shift, things like that. We did not think that those were the cause. Now, um, um, something uh, to know is that you can see improvements by fixing your core web vitals. Uh, but if you saw a big drop in traffic, it's unlikely to be because of that. Now, if you're, um, I mean, if you did see a drop on one of those dates and your core web vital scores in search console are showing red as is in really low, then yes, you should be working on fixing those. Uh, but, um, but that's not something uh, that we've seen as a, a major cause for a site's traffic to drop. Then there were these random unannounced dates. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to list them all here. They're in our algo update list. Whenever there is a lot of SERP turbulence that just feels a little bit out of the normal, we feel that Google did run an update that they didn't tell us about. Uh, but again, there's not really anything specific that you can do. You can look to the rest of the things I'm going to talk about shortly and specifically to site quality uh, as well. Uh, if you were hit on one of those days. So one of the first things that I do when I'm assessed, assessing a site that's had a traffic drop is look at the manual actions viewer in Search Console. So the manual actions viewer is a, a gift that Google gave us because, uh, although I don't think many people would look at it that way, uh, I looked at it as a gift because years ago when I was doing penalty work, um, there was no manual actions viewer. And so if a site saw a sudden decline in traffic, what you would do is request reconsideration and then you would get a response back where uh, most of the time Google would say, no, there's no manual action on this site. Uh, there might be something algorithmic that we're taking issue with. Today, you cannot apply for reconsideration unless you actually have a manual action. And it's very obvious to see in Search Console. In most cases, if you have a manual action, you should take action on it. I, I know there's been, uh, we, we occasionally get clients that come to us saying, well, we got this manual action, we didn't actually see a traffic drop, so should we go through the work to clean up these links or clean up the thin content or whatever it is they got the manual action for? And my thought is that when Google gives out manual actions, it's because they've caught something that they want to suppress algorithmically, but their algorithms can't do it. And so they will eventually get there. Uh, and so sites that have manual actions, especially for links, almost always suffer uh, algorithmically as Google figures it out uh, eventually. It, again, it's not very common these days to get a manual action. We do still have some clients that we're working on manual actions. And uh, something to know is that if you get a manual action these days, it is very difficult to get them lifted. Uh, we still have 100% success rate for unnatural links penalties, but it can take us six months or more to hear back from Google sometimes. Uh, so these are, are very, very frustrating. 
If you have a drop in traffic, I will say that it is very unlikely that your drop is due to the quality of your links. I get asked all the time, even today on Twitter, I think I replied to two people who uh, were wondering whether spammy links being pointed at their website were the reason for their drop. Google is very, very good at ignoring link spam. Now, there are some cases where if you have been building links for SEO for years, uh, that Google may decide that they can't trust the links pointing to your site. And we have had sporadic success with disavowing for sites like this. Uh, but the vast majority of sites that come to us, even though we would love to do more link audit work, we tell them that no, this is probably not the answer to your problem. Another thing to check in Search Console is, and it's in the same area on the left sidebar as manual actions, is security. So Google will sometimes tell you if they've detected that your site was hacked. In my experience, this is not terribly common. Um, and I think Google often doesn't pick up whether sites have been hacked. One of my own sites years ago was very severely hacked, and they did this sneaky thing where I could not see the hack from my IP address. And, um, and so it didn't appear in my search console at all. Where I found it was uh, using security.net. You can go to sitecheck.sucuri.net. And for any site, you can do a free scan and they'll tell you uh, whether they have detected malware um, and a few other things. I think they even tell you if your WordPress install is out of date because that uh, predisposes you to getting uh, hacked as well. Um, and so uh, if your site's hacked, um, you know, that can cause problems because often what happens is the, the, the reason why they hack it is to create tons and tons of pages with their own affiliate content. Uh, one of my sites when was hacked and somebody messaged me saying, did you know you rank on page one for Michael Kors handbags? This was a site that had nothing to do with Michael Kors handbags. And I was number six for, you know, a very competitive term. And uh, it turns out that they had created page after page after page on my website uh, and then it had a redirect. Um, I don't think Google saw the redirect, which is bizarre. You know, Google saw the content on my site and uh, then the redirect went to their affiliate page. So I've, I've shared this story before. What I did was uh, change the redirect to my Amazon affiliate code and made a couple hundred bucks <laughs> before I turned it all off because that's against Amazon's terms of service. If you get hacked, um, you'll often see as well spammy links pointing to your site. So if you're using a tool like Ahrefs or Majestic perhaps uh, to look at the links pointing to your site and all of a sudden you're seeing links with adult anchors or links with, uh, you know, Michael Kors handbag as, as an uh, anchor, things that just don't make sense, then it's not those links that will cause your site to drop. I think it's more likely to be the uh, wealth of content that is on the site uh, that Google says, oh, it's low quality content. Um, John Mueller has said in the past that when Google looks at the quality of your site, they're looking at all of the pages that are in the index. So if you see an influx of spammy links, then you should be looking for evidence of a hack. Um, and if you're not sure about that, then uh, you can reach out to me and I'll, uh, I'll refer you on to somebody who's good at doing work in investing investigating and cleaning up these things because they can be really, really hard to clean up. And yes, they can impact your ability to rank. Another thing uh, that you can do is look at which specific pages have been affected in a traffic drop. Now we're going to get into more detail in on this in the next episode. Uh, but one of the things that we often do is look in Google Analytics, uh, set your filter to organic traffic and um, look at behavior and pages, uh, not landing pages, because sometimes it's kind of borked. I don't know why, uh, but if you just look at pages and then what you're going to do is do a date comparison and maybe compare a couple of weeks after an update with the couple of weeks before the update. And what you're looking for is to see, do you have a drop that's across all pages of your website, 
or sometimes you can see patterns. Uh, you know, we'll often see that, oh, just the blog page is dropped. And then we know that's where we need to look for quality issues. Or we often will see that forum pages dropped. And then we have to figure out, you know, do we need to get rid of stuff in the forum? Do we need to clean up thin content? You need to be careful getting rid of stuff. We had a client uh, just recently where we were looking at their analytics and went, oh my goodness, what happened? There was this massive drop. And it turns out that they were doing an experiment removing their forum content uh, and the experiment did not go well so they put it back. It's interesting to see that they regained almost 90% of their traffic but they didn't go back to 100%. Looking at the specific pages or parts of your site that were impacted can be very very helpful uh, and we're going to talk more about that shortly uh, in next week's or two weeks from now episode. What about technical issues? So a good site audit is always going to include a technical review of a website. If you were hit by the May core update, it is unlikely that a technical issue is to blame, but coincidences do happen. Uh, I told you that the site uh, that I shared in my interview question that had drops across Bing and Yahoo as well as Google, uh, they, they had made major changes to their site and they did it the day of a significant, I think it was a Panda update that had happened at that time. It was a few years ago. And so this person contacted me saying I was hit by Panda, but also we made some changes to the site. So how did I discover that they had straight ripped out their internal links. Um, what I did was look at archive.org. So most sites, you will be able to use the Wayback Machine on archive.org to look at what pages looked like uh, before and after the, the uh, design happened. Uh, and so it was really, really obvious when we looked at these pages that uh, there were a bunch of underlined things in the old design and they weren't underlined. There were no internal links in the new design. Um, you know, we don't often find uh, as glaring an issue as that, uh, but you might look at things like maybe the layout has changed. Perhaps now there is a big ad that's pushing down uh, all of the content. Google has a page layout algorithm, which is designed to demote pages that have an ad that takes up most of the original uh, real estate, screen real estate. Uh, and so things like that, if, if you've just done a redesign, uh, then I would look to that as the cause of your traffic drop. Um, again, uh, if you've done a migration uh, from one domain to another, you need to be absolutely certain that you have correctly redirected all of your old URLs to your new URLs. I'm going to link in the show notes to a couple of resources on how you can use Screaming Frog to do this, to check that your redirects are mapped properly. Um, and in some cases, if archive.org has a, a significant amount of your old site actually in the archive, there's a way that you can use Screaming Frog on those pages in archive.org to see if the redirects are, uh, are mapped out properly. Um, I've seen people where they've uh, launched a new site and instead of um, redirecting pages, they've just changed all of their URLs. Uh, and so if you change, you know, uh, there was something in the news today about how uh, Google prefers to see hyphens in URLs rather than underscores. I bet you there will be somebody in the world who changes all their URLs from underscores to hyphens, which will make it a whole new URL, which will cause your traffic to drop because uh, those URLs now don't have links to them uh, and they're completely new for Google to, to find. You know, you have to be really, really careful if you've just made significant changes to your site. Another thing you can do is look at specific pages that have seen big drops and in Google Search Console, use the inspect URL function. Inspect URL can tell you so much. Uh, one of the things I really like to do is to view the page. They'll allow you to render the page. And what you want to see is whether Google can actually see the content. So sometimes what we'll see is there's maybe a big interstitial ad, which is, you know, a big pop-up over the content that most searchers don't see. Uh, but if you have it configured improperly so that that's what Googlebot sees, then Googlebot's not going to see the rest of your content. And so you can often see see this when you view a page and inspect it in Search Console. Uh, we had an issue years ago for a major brand that was not ranking for their brand name. And uh, on view inspect, uh, when we viewed the page, what we saw was just this big, weird, distorted image uh, and none of the content was there. And so it took a while to uh, figure out how to fix that. I eventually found 
a div in the code that was labeled SEO content. <laughs> and I didn't really understand what was going on, but I pointed it out to uh, my client. My client took it to their dev team. The dev team said, oh no, there's nothing, nothing going on with that. But then they removed it and the site started ranking the next day. <laughs> so, um, you know, looking at the source code to try to find interesting things can be helpful too. I, you know, I just thought of another one. I remember uh, around that same time, I had another site that was not uh, indexed at all. And uh, we could, and they came to me because they figured they had a Google penalty. And I went to Twitter because I, I couldn't figure it out. And Jenny Hallis found in the, uh, she inspected the code and there was a hidden no index. They, what they had tried to do was no index, just a section of content, which you can't do. You either no index a whole page, uh, or, you know, or allow the page to be indexed. And so this little div partway down the page had a no index tag, which Google was reading as, uh, a directive for the page. So uh, looking at the source code can often tell you uh, some little clues as well. Um, if you inspect the URL in Search Console, uh, it may tell you whether the page is blocked by your robots.txt file. And if that's the case, then that's an easy fix uh, to, uh, to, uh, to remove that block. The other thing that you want to pay attention to in Search Console is uh, the section for index coverage, and especially look at excluded pages. If you see that there are a lot of pages in discovered, not crawled, or crawled, not indexed, they can give you clues as well. Now, sometimes it's normal to have pages in there. If you have feed pages, uh, you know, Google doesn't want to have your feed uh, as a duplicate in, uh, in their uh, search results. Or if you have a bunch of paginated content, uh, it can be normal for that to be in there. And you don't need to go fixing that or, or trying to get those out of that report. Google knows uh, that that's normal. But if some of your good content the content that you really feel should be indexed is in there. It can be indicative of a problem. And often I think there are quality issues with these pages. Now, I've been talking in past episodes saying that a number of people were struggling to get content indexed and it was stuck in uh, discovered, not crawled, I believe. Um, and people were trying things like, oh, if you change the URL, it seems to get uh, indexed. And, and it was very, very random. And I, I've heard a number of reports that since the May core update happened, that that problem has been fixed. And pages that were stuck in there are now starting to get indexed. So if you were having problems getting pages indexed, then uh, you may notice that that problem is resolved now. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know 100% for sure that that's what's happening. But it's worth checking if you had that uh, you had that problem. Anything really in terms of technical issues, I mean, if you do a technical audit, I love using the free tools for Ahrefs and SEMrush both have really, really good uh, free audit tools that you can run. Uh, and I really like Sightbulb uh, as well as Screaming Frog. Um, Sightbulb is great for uh, showing you the specifics of what's broken on the site and leading you to documentation on how to fix it. But something to know is that if you see a significant drop in traffic, it's usually not because of technical issues. Now that doesn't mean don't fix them. Uh, often if you fix technical issues, you can see traffic improve. Uh, but most of the time when sites come to us with traffic drops, yes, we do recommend fixing technical issues, but a lot of the things that this tool shows us are really not that helpful. Um, things like uh, images without alt attributes. Well, that might be important, but often the images that they point out are ones you wouldn't use alt attributes on and don't contribute to ranking. So, um, you know, you, you probably can't fix most major drops uh, with technical SEO. I know there will be, be people who argue uh, against me on that. Um, I mean, there still are cases where uh, fixing a drop can happen with technical SEO, but it's not the norm. I talked earlier about Core Web Vitals, and I want to say again that it's not usually the cause for a drop. Core Web Vitals are, in Google's algorithms, essentially a tiebreaker. Uh, so let's say you have content that is good and super fast, and all your Core Web Vital page experience scores are excellent, and your competitor has content that is better than yours, more relevant than yours, but very, very slow. Well, if their content is better, 
unless it's exceedingly slow, they're going to outrank you. Uh, and so, um, you know, core web vitals uh, are something that are worth improving. I saw a really, really interesting article on Moz this week by Amanda Jordan, and she was talking about improving technical SEO for local websites, local businesses, and gave a really, really good case study along with like really specific information on uh, how to determine which images are too big, how to determine where uh, what's slowing pages down. Uh, and I, I found it very, very practical. And this client that she was talking about where they improved the page speed saw uh, almost immediately after improving page speed, a 32% increase in new users and a 47% increase in phone calls. So that's amazing. Uh, and so uh, I think there is definitely value in improving Core Web Vital scores. Now, anecdotally, I have heard a few people say that since the May Core update, their pages that had good Core Web Vital scores improved more than the pages that didn't. And I think there's something to that. Uh, I've been talking a lot about how we think that Google uses machine learning to determine what factors are important depending on the searcher's query. And I think in some cases, uh, Google may say that uh, having either a fast page load time or having certain features uh, that improve a page's experience are very important to this query. And so, uh, you know, I, I think we should still be paying attention to core web vitals, but in most of the sites that we analyze, it's something that we sort of mention, but we don't prioritize uh, at this point. So uh, if you've seen a sudden drop in traffic, another thing that you can do is contact your host your website host. Uh, and, you know, uh, years ago, one of my websites was getting these sporadic, uh, I could see in Google Analytics where I'd have times with no traffic whatsoever, and then uh, traffic would rebound again, and then no traffic again. And it, it was very, very strange. And so I reached out to my host, and there was a problem with the server that my site was on. They moved my site to a different server, and everything was fixed. So uh, that's something that um, is a very, very easy fix if, uh, if that's the problem. Uh, next is whether you have a problem with your analytics. So I've shared this story as well before. I love telling this story about this client. I'm making air quotes right now because the client was me that um, did a redesign on their site and launched it. And it was the same day as Panda 4.0. And, uh, and my site plummeted. Traffic dropped to nothing. And, uh, and so here I am going, oh, great. You know, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, <laughs> right? And uh, so I had been focusing on Panda and Penguin. And my gut instinct was that Panda had demolished my site when it turns out I actually just forgot to include the analytics code. Um, we, we have, uh, we've had a couple of clients, too, recently where we have been looking at their analytics. Every Monday, my team goes through analytics and we're trying to find consistent and patterns and figure out uh, who has seen declines and who's seen gains and what they've been working on. We're always trying to uh, figure out what it is that Google loves. And uh, a couple of times we've seen sites with massive drops off the cliff to no traffic again. And what happened was the client had switched to GA4 and removed their old Google Analytics tracking code. I really think, now I'm not an expert in GA4, but I really think that when you make the switch, you should still keep your GA code on the site until it completely goes away, uh, which will not be for a little bit of time yet. You know, if traffic plummets to zero, uh, it's probably not that Google has updated. It, it, it's more likely to be that there's a reporting error or an error with your, your site. Um, I should go back to when I was talking about my site that went down for periods of time. If that happens often, I do think that that can impact Google's assessment of quality for your site. If half the time when Google crawls your site, they are getting 500 errors or um, you know not able to access the site, then that's not a sign of great quality. And I don't think that Google can trust that they should rank your site for uh, important queries. So you really, really do want to pay attention uh, if you're seeing outages with your site. Uh, Google has said though, I mean, if you have a, a minor outage and you're out for a day or two and then that's it, um, and it's not something that happens repeatedly, you don't need to worry about those rankings. Like if you lost any, they'll come back. Um, but still, that's not something that you want to do on a regular basis. Another thing that is really, really important is if you lost your Google traffic, even in the time of a core update, 
it might be because there are new SERP features. Now, this is something I think we're going to have to get used to, and we're going to see a lot more, especially as MUM comes out. We've been seeing a little bit of MUM with things to know carousels, uh, not carousels, but uh, features in the in the search results. Um, and you know, Google is going to be using it more in uh, in producing rich search results that have images and video. And we've been seeing on Search Engine Roundtable, and I believe Brody Clark has tweeted uh, a few examples of unusual uh, multiple featured snippets or uh, maybe a new product carousel. Um, there's, there's new things coming out all the time. That can be really, really hard to assess. Uh, we recommend that you keep an eye on these, you know, that you, uh, at minimum, take screenshots of your most important queries and uh, show what the searches look like, although it can change depending on the location. You know, Google might determine that when somebody searches for this query in a particular area, they are looking for a local business and show a maps listing. And maybe when you do the search from your house as an SEO, you don't see that maps listing. Um, there are tools that monitor the uh, search results and what the features look like. Uh, we will use SEMrush quite often for looking at historical uh, search results. And uh, it's very, very impactful to show a client like, look, you used to rank here where when people did the search, you would rank number one organic, but now number one organic is, uh, you know, three quarters of the way down the page because of all these new SERP features that Google has put in. And uh, so rankings may have stayed the same, but your actual um, position on the page did not. And that's obviously going to impact the number of people who click on your website. Uh, Ahrefs does a good job as well of showing whether uh, search uh, SERP features have changed. And a tool that I really should look into more, uh, and I think um, you know is something we could probably use for our ongoing clients, is Mobile Moxie. That's Cindy Crumb's tool that keeps a historical picture of what your brand SERPs look like and whether they've changed. And that's something that I think is, uh, is really, really valuable when we're trying to figure out why traffic had dropped. And I'm going to mention one final reason for traffic to drop, and it's one that people don't often look at, and it's simply that a competitor is upping their game. Search varies. There were many years ago, whatever you saw for the search results would stay that way for months and months, and then Google would change, and people would wake up and go, oh, great, now I've got number one rankings, and you'd know that you'd have those rankings until the next Google update. Well, search changes on a daily basis. I saw uh, some statistic today saying that Google uh, makes 5,000 changes a year to their algorithm, which means every day there are multiple changes that are happening. And, um, you know, SERPs can change because of freshness, because of new events that come out. Uh, but often what uh, we see is that maybe a competitor is producing more content, is getting links, um, is producing more helpful content, is uh, getting better EAT, maybe adding uh, expert authors or some level of uh, expertise to their posts. And so it can be very, very important to look individually at the pages that are outranking you and try to figure out why, which is very, very difficult to do. So something you can do is, uh, I like doing a site colon search for my competitor. So you can go site colon competitor.com and, uh, and then change the date on the Google search results to show just the last month. And that's going to show you anything that was new or updated in Google's index in the last month. And so what you can do is keep an eye on like, oh, all of a sudden they produced a whole bunch of content on this topic that we want to be relevant for. Uh, we've been talking a, a lot. There's a bit in newsletter this week about topical authority producing a lot of content on a, a subject, provided all that content is valuable in itself, uh, can be a very, very good thing. So if your competitor is producing more content than you, uh, then that can mean that they outrank you. And, and I would encourage you to look and, and ask yourself, how could somebody see this content as better? It's very easy to fall into the trap of looking at this page and saying, well, that's a spammy page or like finding all the reasons why your page is better because to you, that's the best page you could, you could come up with. And so, uh, looking at your competitor and seeing, well, I think Google got it wrong because ours is, ours has more EAT and we have more links and there's, there's gotta be a reason 
why the algorithms felt that that page was better. So uh, perhaps it's more helpful to searchers. Maybe it's more thorough or maybe it's more concise. I saw, you know, a lot of people for the last few years have been focused on word count and saying you need pages that are 5,000 words or more. When, uh, you know, sometimes if you're, think of how you search for things. If you want an answer to something, you rarely want to read a whole article. You're trying to figure out how can I find this answer as quickly as possible. And so you can keep that in mind as you look at your competitors' pages. Uh, you can look at their links. We use again, Ahrefs for this, uh, and Ahrefs will show you the last seven days or 30 days, if you want, of links that pages got. You can look at individual pages, and uh, maybe sometimes some of those links are ones that you could replicate. Uh, it's difficult sometimes, but you can get a sense of, ah, this is what they're doing. They produced content, and uh, this type of person is linking to them, and then you can try to get links in that way as well. I do think that links are still important. Page rank. Uh, as far as we know, is still a very important part of Google's algorithms, but I think Google's getting much better at figuring out which links are important uh, to, to count uh, in terms of rankings. So in, at, at, at MHC, one of the first things that our junior SEOs get trained on is these things we call page comps. And what we do is we take our client's site and we take a few keywords that clearly were ranking well and then saw declines. And we look at who did Google elevate above those pages. Uh, and again, we'll use either Ahrefs or SEMrush uh, historical data to, to do that. And we ask ourselves, why would searchers find this more valuable? And some of this is based on thinking like a quality rater would. You should be reading the quality raters guidelines uh, repeatedly. <laughs> I opened it up probably eight times this week to get references. And every time I look to see whether they've changed the date. Uh, so no, it's still October, 2021. Um, but you can get information in there, especially from the examples that show uh, whether um, that show what it is that Google wants to evaluate in terms of quality. Um, ask yourself, is there something that makes searchers trust this page more? One of the pages that was shown to me as a drop with the May Core update uh, was a question um, on how much caffeine was in espresso. And when you looked at the page, they had a good answer. The page that ended up outranking them had the same answer, uh, and it looked like a lower quality site. However, the page that outranked them um, referenced their answer with a link to, and I can't remember who it was, but it was some official organization uh, that would be trusted for giving that information. Now, I don't know if that's why that page was elevated, but I think that helps users trust things more. If you're giving statistics and facts, if you can back those up, up with important references, not like your friend's blog who also said the same thing, uh, but Google Scholar or uh, an authoritative website, then that can be helpful. Um, ask yourself whether those pages have unique, helpful images or video. Uh, that's something I saw Morty Oberstein was saying. Um, in his article on uh, the May Core update is uh, that he believes that uh, a lot of pages that did well were ones that had unique images and video. Now, we've debated as an SEO community for years whether uh, it's a ranking factor to have unique images. I don't think it is on its own, but I think this could be one of the machine learned um, weights that, uh, that Google uses for certain queries where they can determine that, you know, um, for this particular query, pages that have unique and helpful images and video are, uh, are generally better for the searcher. Another thing you can ask yourself is whether they have user-generated content that is helpful to the searcher. Comments, Gary Ish years ago uh, told us that comments are a ranking factor. He said, um, you know, they're not nearly as much as PageRank or, uh, you know, other, uh, other important things, uh, but a good, helpful, thriving comment section can be very, very helpful to searchers. And so that could be something to consider adding. Um, you have to be careful though with adding comments because spam can have the opposite effect and it can bring your page quality down. So you have to keep an eye on that. Um, you know, I, and then the final thing is kind of hard to explain, but is the content more clearly written? We have to remember, so I believe that Google is semantically trying to understand pages now. And we don't know to what extent, and I don't have exact proof of this, but it makes sense to me that if Google is trying to answer 
the questions that they ask us in the core update post, like, is there substantially better content on this uh, site? Is it insightful, interesting, useful? That they are looking at the content itself. I had somebody reach out to me who does SEO for uh, a very large, um, well-known brand and said, look, for this keyword, uh, it doesn't make sense because this small website who still, you know, is functioning in the space, they're a legitimate website, but they're nowhere near the authority of the one she was working on, uh, started to outrank them for this query. And the query was something where it was basically how much does X cost? And uh, on the authoritative website, it actually had the better answer. If you read through the article, you can see there's a lot of variations to why X can cost this and it can cost this if you, do the, if you want this feature and all these things. But the site that outranked them had a very clear sentence that said, the cost of X is this. And um, Google pulled that as a featured snippet. So one of the things that you can do is take your content and run it through Google's natural language processing tool. Uh, you can find it, it's for, you can use it for free. It's the one that has a little demo and it starts with some text about Mountain View. And uh, you can run your text through there and see if Google can actually parse what the object and the subject of the sentence is. See if Google can pull out what entities are in the sentence, or at least what keywords are in the sentence, and whether those keywords uh, are um, seen as entities in Wikipedia. There's a lot you can do there. Now, that's a lot of theory, uh, but I really believe that if Google is using language processing to understand content on pages, and whether content is actually answering the searcher's query, then it's very, very important to have our content written in a way uh, with short, concise sentences that make it easier for Google to decipher. All right, that was a lot of stuff. I'm going to end there. Um, in newsletter this week, you can find newsletter at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. As I said, we've got some stuff on topical authority. We're starting to dig into what that means and how to create it. Uh, Google Search Console has some changes to their interface. It doesn't change the tool at all. It just makes it a little bit more helpful. Um, there are changes to Google's recommendations for product pages in terms of schema. Very important. You should be paying attention to schema. Uh, you know, we think that Google pulls language from pages uh, that is unstructured, but if you have structured data, if you have schema that tells Google the specifics, then that takes the guesswork out. And so we do recommend using schema. That's something my team and I are getting better at, and we're uh, investigating much more in that area and starting to help some clients with uh, schema on their websites. And we also have some excellent resources to help you benefit from understanding natural language processing, which I'm going to be working my way through uh, this week as well. This week on Learn SEO for our Twitter chat, which will be on Wednesday next week, um, we're going to be talking again about traffic drops. I'm going to see if I can get Alec, my teammate, uh, to come chat with me and answer your questions about traffic drops. So if you have questions that you'd like me to cover, then you can at me, Marie underscore Haynes. I'm always on Twitter. You can DM me if you'd like, but I can't give consulting over DM, uh, but happy to answer a quick question as well. I hope you've enjoyed that. And I wish you the best of luck with your rankings.